following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. Hello, Artisan Podcast listeners. Pastor Scott Austin here. Thanks so much for listening. As you've probably heard, our church has just launched a fundraising campaign to renovate and expand our children's ministry space and to make our building more accessible and inclusive. It's called Growing in Faith Together. So if this podcast has been meaningful for you, whether or not you are able to attend Artisan in person, I want to invite you to be part of this campaign too. You can visit artisangrowing.com to find out more, to make a one-time donation, or maybe even pledge a recurring gift. Thanks again for listening and for supporting Artisan Church. Enjoy the podcast. It occurred to me this morning, as I was sitting here watching our... um, our artisan tiny dancers um, twirling uh, and enjoying the music and uh, just being their wonderful, beautiful, carefree selves. That um, when we started this place, there was no kids. <laughs> There's a few of you in the room who were around then. We didn't have any kids at all. Maybe, maybe one of the pastor's kids would show up once in a while. They were tiny then, right? Um, I just saw some pictures yesterday. Tracy was showing me on Time Hop some pictures of some of our kids when we first started to have kids at Artisan and how, how little they were and how big they are now. Um, we didn't have any kids at the beginning, unless you count the like, 18 or 19-year-old kids who uh, later on in life became our, you know, our treasurer or our, uh, <laughs> our web designer or members of our leadership team. Uh, these kids have kind of grown up and grown into their own. Um, and now we have all these beautiful children. And there's so many of them that we, we give them a name, <laughs> the artisan tiny dancers, right? And we have to send them back to their, their families sometimes because there's just so many of them dancing um, and uh, showing us how to, uh, how to love God in that way, just unabashedly and unashamedly. And it has been really a great joy to see that happen over the years at Artisan. Um, I know that some of you are newer to the community and haven't, haven't had the luxury of watching that, but it has been really neat to see um, families started here at Artisan. You know, literally people meeting and getting married and having children, um, or having more children, or uh, having more children, <laughs> right? And seeing new families, you know, drawn into our community by, uh, I'm not sure what, but our, our kind of funky, quirky approach to ministry and, and how, you know, f- our, our families are part of that. And, and um, I'm, I'm actually kind of really proud of what Artisan has become in this regard because um, it's not like we have this actual church, the real church, and then some of the people in that church have some children, right? But that we're all part of this church. Like the, the people with children, the people without children, uh, the children themselves are part of Artisan. And I see some waving back there from some of our children. It's wonderful. You know, they're, they're, getting in, they're going to be playing in the band. They're, they're, they're running the slides. They're greeting. They're helping with refreshments. They're setting up communion. They're, they're doing acts of ministry right here at Artisan. They are part of us, just as much as any of us boring old grown-ups are. And it's beautiful to see how we have, well, how we've grown. And I don't just mean with the families, 
because again, it's about all of us, and not everybody has children, and, and we're all part of this great adventure together. But to see us grow as a community has been really a beautiful thing. It's, it's, it's been slow and steady, like almost all healthy growth is. But looking back at where we've been and, and comparing it to where we are now, the growth is undeniable. It's there. It's, it's happened. It's happening. And it's not just the number of people who are here. It's not just the number of children who are here. It's not just the fact that they're not just little children now. They're bigger children. It's none of those things. It is all of those things, but it's not just those things. It's also that we have, we have grown up a little bit as a church. You know, um, I, I often chuckle looking back at what happened a few years ago where we clearly, it was, became immediately obvious that we had made a switch as a church. Because it used to be on the major Christian holidays, this place would be a ghost town. <laughs> it would empty out because all of the people would be going back to their parents' houses or cities or churches, right? And then it was like one year. There was no transition. It was just like a flip. Suddenly, Christmas and Easter were full. And I'm like, okay, I guess the parents come here now, <laughs> Maybe they're visiting new grandchildren, or maybe, I don't know what changed, but suddenly we're like, like this, is, this is a big different thing. And that's just one of a million different examples I could give you of how things have, have changed and grown and matured at Artisan. Because we've also matured in our understanding of what the gospel of Christ is, what it calls us to, what it demands of us. We've grown and matured in, in the way that we live out our foundational values. And this is such a neat thing to think about. We believe God gave us those five values at our founding. Awe, beauty, roots, community, and justice. And we believed in those. We believed that was the call of God on our church, even though we knew we were terrible at some of them. And now we're perfect at all of them. It's amazing. <laughs> No, not even close. We are not close to perfect at any of them, but we have seen incremental, steady, slow but steady growth in our ability to implement those values. I think particularly the value of justice. How for us, we knew, like, there's no escaping the call to justice in the scriptures, right? It's got to be one of the values. does not come naturally to us. What do we even do? And over the years, we've kind of gotten better and better and better at it. We still have a long way to go, but we are getting better at it. We've grown and matured in our spiritual formation and our ability to be deep Christian people. And then most recently, perhaps, we've, we've grown in the knowledge that those two things are actually not separate things, but that they are the same thing. That when you become more spiritually grounded and deep and formed into the, into the mind and likeness of Christ, it becomes natural for you to do the work of justice and to be in better community with, with each other and to experience and appreciate the beauty of creation and all of those things become truer as you get deeper. And uh, as um, we have grown, we've seen that true as well. And at every stage of our life together, it has been a joy for me to witness this, this evolution, this growth. It's been a joy for me to see how God is made real among us. And I have... I have loved being together with all of you through it all. And now, now I think we are at a bit of a crossroads as a church. It feels to me like one of those moments in our life together 
where a switch is going to be flipped, where something new is going to be started. And I know that we have a a big job ahead of us. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that this morning. Because it is my belief and the leadership team's belief that if we want to continue to experience that slow, steady, healthy growth in faith, in numbers, in all the ways that you would measure it, that we have to address some of the challenges that are presented by the physical structure that we are in right now. Uh, I was reminded this week of a hermit crab. I always wanted a hermit crab growing up. My parents were like, no, that's not happening. Um, And now I'm a parent, and I completely understand why. Um, But you know how hermit crabs are little tiny things, and they have a little tiny shell, and then they get bigger, and they have to throw their shell away, and they get a new shell, and then they get bigger, and they throw that one away. um, The good news is that we we don't have to do that. Um, we don't want to be the hermit crab that casts off this place and like, leaves it behind and goes to some other bigger place. That's, that's not, I think, what God's call on us is because we're called to be a, a local church in this neighborhood. We love being here. We love being centered and grounded in this place. Um, and it has been a gift to us over our life together, and we want to continue to receive that gift and share it with other people. Um, so we don't need to, to throw it away and get something new. We do need to do some work, though, and uh, this is where hermit crabs don't have the luxury of, of renovating their shells, but, but that's, so the analogy is now officially broken. Uh, but <clears throat> this is what we're looking at as a church, that we, um, you know, we're kind of up against it, right? Up against the edges of where we are. Uh, you know if you have uh, ever escorted children to their children's time, to the ministry space down there, that it gets really full. Am I telling anybody anything they haven't heard before? I think only the people who are here for the first time today. Uh, by the way, hang with us. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. This is a little bit of a weird one, but um, we'll be slightly less weird or weird in a different way or something next week, so come back. But um, we know that the space down there is strained. We know it's, we, we've tried to solve it in lots of different ways. This is not new information, and we're kind of at the point where our only option is to, to make it bigger. We have seen and felt uh, and experienced God's call and demand on our life to improve the way that we make ourselves accessible and our space accessible and inclusive to all people. And that has been something that has changed in our hearts over the past few years, especially at Artisan. And yet, right now, the physical space that we're in uh, is, is incongruent and inconsistent with the truth that's in our heart right now. There are ways that our building is not accessible um, to all people. There are ways that our building is not inclusive or inviting to all people. And we want our physical space to match up with the heart space, if you will. And so we have to address both of these things. We have to address the challenge with the children's space. We have to address the challenges of making our building more accessible and more inclusive. And so I just need to tell you straightforwardly today, this morning, that, that we are going to be asking uh, of each other a fairly significant sacrifice over the next few years. Um, we're kicking off a new series today called Growing in Faith Together. You see the beautiful graphic that Dave made behind me. But we are also kicking off today a no foolin' real-life capital fundraising campaign of the same name, Growing in Faith Together, today. 
And here's my promise to you uh, as regards sermons. Today, I'm asking you to give me a pass because this is not, strictly speaking, a, a <clears throat> proclamation of the Word of God a type of a biblical sermon that, uh, that I think you ought to come here expecting to hear. Right? Very, very, very rarely will I make an exception, and this is one of those times, and I hope you'll bear with me. My promise to you is that although these two things, the series and the campaign, are obviously connected to each other and happening at the same time, that when you come here on Sundays, you, uh, you will hear a sermon that works as a sermon, not just um, you know, another angle on what will become, uh, let's be honest, a plea for financial contributions. Okay? Um, because this is, this is what happens at this point in our liturgy. The, the, the words of Scripture are read and proclaimed. And that leads us to the table and out into the world. That's, that's what our liturgy is here for. And let me say this. If we had to do five weeks of non-sermon content in order to raise money for this building, that would be a gigantic red flag about what we're doing, in my opinion, and I hope in yours as well. That would be a strong indication in my mind that we had taken our eyes off the prize. So, we will have um, some other events <laughs> where we can take our eyes and put them right on the, the task at hand, which is, which is going to be, I, there's no other way to say it, there, there's going to be a fundraising aspect of this. Okay? So we have some events which I hope will be beautiful and awesome and legitimately fun. Um, we're going to have these candlelight receptions. There are two of them that will be on the calendar, November 8th, which is a Wednesday in the evening, and November 12th, which is a Sunday in the evening as well. And I'm going to encourage all of you who care about artisan and consider this your spiritual home to get out your calendars and write yourself in um, for one of those uh, so that you can be there for, you know, for the version that may be a little bit more PBS pledge drivey, okay, <laughs> than what you'll get on Sunday mornings. Now, we're going to talk about this um, over the next few weeks, one way or the other, and uh, we have to do it in a lot of different ways. So that's, that's kind of our way of, uh, of parsing that out. So what I want to do in the time that we have left here, because I want to end a, a little bit early with my, my talking part. I want to give you a brief overview of what's going to happen. This is a five-week series. There, so there are four topics that we're going to hit over the, next, the coming four weeks. I want to give you a quick overview of those so you know what's coming. And then I'm going to be quiet for a minute, and I want to give you a chance to give your voice to this situation and to tell us, to tell me, to tell all of us how you're feeling about this. Uh, you know, where, where's your mind and heart at with some of this? Because we, we don't want to go steamrolling through this without hearing um, from the congregation at every opportunity. And we've, we've heard from you a lot over the past months and years even, but right now it's, the rubber's hitting the road, and I want to take our pulse a little bit after I'm done. So... Um, let me tell you quickly what these four topics are. Next week, we start uh, off with the first topic, which is generations. Psalm 145.4 says, One generation commends your works to another. And I could have chosen any of dozens of Scripture verses that say that very thing, that, that communicate the idea that uh, as children grow up, their parents and their grandparents pass on the faith from one generation to the next. And so for all of us, we should be giving thanks to the generations that have come before us, and then we, are, we ought to be expecting to see with delight 
um, our children beginning to experience God in their own way, in their own lives, and in their own time. And living in the way of Jesus means that all of us, whether we have children of our own or we're just part of a community that has generations in it, um, we all get to receive the, the blessing of growing in faith together. So that's the first topic is generations. The second one is acorns. Um, Ralph Waldo Emerson said, the creation of a thousand forests is in one acorn. Such a beautiful idea um, that these little tiny things become so many very big things. Jesus said, God's kingdom is made up of people like these, meaning children. Like, if you want to see what the kingdom of God looks like, it's right here in front of you. It's the little ones who you're ignoring and pushing away. And so for us, um, that, that Emerson quotation is true, and we, we acknowledge that and want to ex- be excited about that. But we love the acorns, if you will, for what they are already, for who they are right now. We don't have to wait for them to turn into big oak trees or maple trees or elm trees or apple trees or whatever they might be for them to give value to our community. They give value to our community right now. So Acorns Week, which is uh, October 29th, man, don't miss that one because we're going to have the kids with us. They're going to be involved in the liturgy. They're going to be involved in the music. They're going to be involved in all kinds of stuff. We're going to do a collaborative art project together. It's going to be a super-duper fun week, so don't miss October 29th. Super-duper fun would be the uh, theological term uh, (laughs) for it. (laughs) Uh, The third topic is invitations. In the uh, early church, there's a story of one of the apostles who said, I truly see now that God shows no partiality, that Jesus truly is Lord of all. In other words, not just Lord of the people who were already in, not just Lord of the ones who seem like they fit, not just Lord of the ones who say and do all the right things, but Lord of all, including and especially the people who we thought didn't belong. And that was the major thing that the early church had to understand and realize about the gospel, is that, guess what? The doors are open a lot wider than you might be comfortable with. And so we want to talk about God's invitation to the world to come to his banquet feast, if you will. And we want to talk about the fact that it's not enough just for us to sign off on the invitation with our mouths, so to speak, but we actually have to be invitational and hospitable for when people show up. Because imagine being invited to a party, a dinner party, and you show up and there's a little, little table with four seats, and you're the fifth person, and people are like, no, you're invited. All are welcome. And there's no place to sit, right? That's how some people experience church. And so we want to talk about what it means to be invitational as a congregation, as a community of faith, and how can we do better at that? How can we live out our, our calling in the gospel that way? Uh, and then the final topic uh, is titled, A Movement. Jesus said, um, I will show you what someone is like who hears my words and acts on them. Any Bible nerds know what he was setting up when he said that? I'll show you what someone's like when they hear my words and act on them. And then he sang the Sunday school song. The wise man built his house upon the rock. Uh You know that song, Sunday school nerds, right? That's when he says, I will show you what someone's like who hears my words and acts on them. He then starts talking about how the wise person built their house on solid ground and the foolish person built their house on sand. And the rains came down and the floods came up. And the house on the sand went splat. Is this new information to any of you? (laughs) Right? So, uh, spoiler alert, 
Jesus was not actually talking about a construction project in that teaching, right? And we have to be talking about so much more than a construction project. Yes, it is part of what we're doing. But if it's just about a construction project, please can we pack up and go home right now because I have things I could do on Sunday mornings. And I know you do too. If this construction project is not part of a broader movement of the Spirit of God in our midst to live out a calling that God gave us over a decade ago in a new way in this time, then we're missing the point. So the last week of the series, we're going to be talking about how this is a movement. And as we get closer to the end of this series, we will start talking about how the rubber meets the road, to be honest with you. We'll start talking about uh, how we really need everybody to be involved in this. Because uh, I don't know very much. (laughs) And that's probably an understatement. But one thing I do know with 100% certainty is that we cannot do this without full participation from everybody in our community. And there are some people who can do a lot and there are some people who can do a little and we all need to do our part. And so we will be talking as the series gets closer to its end and then even more so in those candlelight receptions about how uh, those of you who care about Artisan, those of you who call this place your spiritual home can be part of doing this work together. And so I will uh, repeat the plea that I made last week, which is this. Try, if at all possible, to be here each of the next four weeks. I would very much like for all of you to get the whole story before we get to that end point and start talking about, you know, uh, financial contributions, for you to know the whole picture. Now I realize that you can't make it every week. Some of you have demanding jobs or, you know, family concerns or illness. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to be mean about it in any way. And you know me. I'm not particularly pushy about this in the first place. But I'm going to be a little pushy right now. And I'm going to ask you to make an extra effort to get here each of these next four weeks if you possibly can. And let me repeat one other thing that I said last week, which is that I would be, I'd be lying if I said that this doesn't make me a little nervous. If I... If I wasn't upfront about that, I would not be able to sleep well at night. So this, this whole concept may make you uncomfortable. Uh, it makes me a little uncomfortable. I don't love, I don't love this idea. I mean, I, I love what it represents, but I don't love the idea of talking dollars and cents and, and infusing so much money talk into our time together. Um, it's, it's putting me beyond my comfort zone. And uh, maybe that's helpful to you to know. Because, it, because it's putting you behind your, beyond your comfort zone as well. But even more than I feel a little nervous, and even more than I feel a little bit unsettled, here's what I feel. I feel uh, excited, and I feel confident. I'm confident not just in what I think we can do, but I am confident in who we are. Confident in who you are. Because you've demonstrated your... Uh, generosity, your commitment to this community so many times in so many different ways. Well, uh, I want you to know that uh, that we are we are really excited about this, and we are so looking forward to this adventure that we're going to be on. Um, 
And I also want you to know the amount of work that has been put in by some people over the past few weeks. And I'll do my best not to name too many names because um, there's so many people who've been involved, um, from graphic design to uh, video and uh, websites and building design. There's so much work that has gone into this project. And uh, more than once over the past few months, I've gone, I am... Yes, losing my mind a little bit, <laughs> but I would be completely sunk without the, the hard work of, of a lot of people who are doing this. And it's kind of, it's like my job to do this, and these people are working extra time on their own time, uh, and it's incredible. And one of those people is the person uh, who's, who's put together a beautiful video for us. And so I want to show you this brief promotional video in just a second, and then you'll see this um, on Facebook and places this week, and if you think it's appropriate to share it, um, either widely or directly to some people who might be interested, please go ahead and do that. So you saw the URL at the end, artisangrowing.com. That's where you can go to uh, learn more. You can open the Artisan mobile app, and there's a tab for Growing in Faith Together as well, where you can also learn more, and I encourage you to take a look at that. And I hope that you will uh, come back for the next four weeks and, and hear all about the details of this and come to our candlelight receptions and everything else. So I said that this was a, a little bit of a weird exception sermon, right? Not a lot of, not a lot of Bible talk and uh, not a lot of uh, what you might expect from a sermon. And uh, I asked you to give me a pass. I hope that you did. And I hope you come back again to hear the, the more standard type of thing. Um, but the beautiful thing about our time together is that we always celebrate the Lord's Supper, no matter what we talk about. And uh, to my mind, this is, the, this is kind of the, the pinnacle moment in our liturgy each week. We hear the word proclaimed, uh, not just because it's interesting, hopefully it is, maybe it's not, um, not just because it's what you do, but because it, it inspires us to come to the table of the Lord to partake of his body and blood, to proclaim his death and resurrection, and to carry that out into the world when we are sent forth from this place. And so uh, it's a joy to invite all of you to take communion together, to come and receive the body and blood of the Savior, uh, to have that spiritual nourishment, that food for your hungry souls that comes in community with each other, with all Christians who observe these sacraments. And... Uh, all the way into the roots of our faith. So we'll uh, continue to sing a couple songs together. There will be a member of the prayer team at the back of the room. Uh, our children's time is ending, so you can go and get your kids if you have uh, brought them down there. And our table is open. Come and receive God's grace and mercy um, in the form of the body and blood of Christ. Amen. For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.